Hey, Joe. Hello there. What's going you know, on? it's weird because... Well, let me tell you, Joe. First off, I made a poor choice this morning, but I'll get through that. Um, secondly, no matter how much I try... Are you... What, what are you doing right now? Um, you, riding in the you, car. You're riding in a car? Yep. Salad. Salad. I was wondering, because it sounds like you're sitting out on your deck and joining the rain. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, basically. Only, you know, inside. Wonderful. Inside, outside. Wonderful. Um, it's weird that, you know, we keep seeing her thinking about changing the theme song to this show. And then I listen to our theme song of the show, and it's just so good. Right? I was just thinking that. I was listening to it going, man, are you sure you want to change this? Because I really like it. Well, because, like, normally we only hear about, like, 15 seconds of it. If that, I think it's right. only, like, nine seconds now. I think we, like, really cut down to, like, nine seconds. But then when I keep hearing it, I'm like, ah, oh, jeez. It, you know, it's, oh, it's that bluesy sound. It's an original song by, you know, a friend of mine. And they don't mm-hmm. play together anymore. Like, oh, jeez, I don't even know. Yeah, they, it could be our theme song forever. I don't know. Uh, Chris, I see you could call in, man. Uh, this is not like, uh, the JFW one that we do. Um, this is different. You know, this is a different way of uh, doing this and I'm excited to see how it works out. Hey, 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 hey. Good. How you doing, Chris? All right. Awesome. Um, so, hey, Joe, I hate to do this to you, but I'm going to need a favor from you. Okay. So because it sounds like you're wandering through uh, a rainforest. You want me to mute when I'm not talking? Exactly. I, I, I really appreciate that, yeah, because your your microphone is so crisp. It brings up everything. And as much as I love, like, background music or background sounds and stuff, your your sounds are the exact sounds I listen to when I go to bed. And uh, I don't want to doze off in the middle of my conversation with Chris. I respect so, that. Um, uh, it's been thanks, making man. me feel sleepy while I've been riding. So. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Uh, so, uh, guys, uh, we're we're trying we're trying a different uh, recording way of doing this, and I'm excited to see how it goes. Uh, we're recording through Podbean Live, which uh, I I typically do for the JFW uh, SCW live streams. And uh, typically we do this freaking show through Skype, uh, or we do do the live from time to time. Uh, but uh, we're going to interview Chris here. And Chris, I I'm, I don't know why I keep thinking I'm going to screw up your last name, but it is Freiburg. That's right. It's Freiburg. Yeah. God, God I just, I, I love how you like articulate everything you say. It's beautiful. Yeah, and I know it looks like Freiburg, but it's, it's Freiburg. Right. It should be Freiburg. It's it's yeah. a German thing. If your last name was Freeberg, I think would would you be more hesitant to fly in airplanes? Maybe, maybe a little bit. Right, that's a Freebird joke for all yeah, of you I, out there who didn't get that. I, I know you got it because you're an intelligent man, and we're going to talk about that too. Um, I want to, I want the biggest thing we're going to talk about obviously is your journey through weight loss um because it's it's the very first thing i heard about you from uh, hunter Payne, 
but I also want to talk, and I, I, I don't know if she is there, but uh, your fiance is uh, with us as well. Yep. I'm here. Yeah. Here's Tara. Yeah. Tara. Okay, awesome. Because in my mind, I'm like, is it Tara? Is it Tara? It's Tara. <laughs> Tara. Perfect. Well, thank you for being a part of this, too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard you might be a little bit nervous. A little bit. I don't normally do these things. <laughs> Perfect. Well, if there's one thing I know is usually when people are nervous being on calls with me, it kind of goes away really quick because it's not really – I don't know if you ever listen to any of our shows and Joe can back us up whenever he's uh, done, you know, expeditioning or expedite. What, what the hell is that word, Joe, when you wander through shit? Exploring. Yeah, no, the other word. <laughs> I'm not sure which one you're looking for. It's like exploring, but like on an expedition. There we go. I don't know. Expedition. I don't know if you can make it a. Uh, what is that? A gerund or participle? I don't know. A, a verb. Yeah. Ex expedite expediting. I don't. I don't know. This expediting is, how, is how you speed things up. Yeah. So just so you guys know, this is how the show goes. So at any point you feel this is stupid, well, you're stuck with me. You'll agree. It's happening. Um, so and to be honest with you, I'm really nervous about this too, because whenever I interview somebody for the first time, I always want to make a really good impression. And, uh, I, I've, I've interviewed, uh, Chris in a sense, you know, more, more <laughs> or less. I interviewed Warren C. Freiberg, the third Esquire. Um, but I don't really want to interview the wrestler just yet. I may let you do something goofy at the end here because, I mean, we're still wrestling fans. You know, why the hell not uh, throw it in here? Um, but I want to I want to interview the real guy, and I want to interview, holy crap, Tara, right? Yep, Tara. Tara. I'm going to forget that through this. And oh. it's, it's nothing on you. It's how my mind works. I just I blank on things a lot, and I hate that about myself. Uh, it's one of the things I hope to fix one day through my own journey. Um, so but I want to talk to you as well, because, you know, looking through, you know, articles and, you know, Facebook posts and everything, uh, you were a huge part of this journey for Chris. And I want to hear from you as well about it. Um, so Chris, the first thing I want to talk about though, is more about who you are uh, as a person. Okay. Because Joe who asked me something that he never asks me is, Hey, what's his name? Because I want to do some research. I was like, Joe, we don't research people. We just, <laughs> we just bring them on and we just figure it out as we go. And I, I usually do that as a guy who interviews wrestlers because I'm still a wrestling fan and I want to learn about the guy. Like, I don't want to know a bunch of things and just ask the questions. I already know the answers to That's just, to me, that's a little bit boring. I want to, I want to, you know, figure it out on the fly, if you will. But I did Google your name, and uh, there there were a few things that came up that I think I remember us talking about, but I don't think there was ever like a lot of detail about what we talked about. Uh, we know you're a lawyer. Yeah. Anyone uh, anyone who listened to your interviews, who uh, read the articles, know that you are uh, a true to life lawyer uh, for the state of Indiana. Illinois, actually. Yeah. Whatever. Same thing. <laughs> Close enough, yeah. It's the Midwest, bro. Don't don't question me now. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Oh, this is horrible. It doesn't get better. This is it. <laughs> this is where we're at. This is the other side of travesty that the wrestlers don't get. Um. So okay. So you're you're a, you're a lawyer for Illinois. Why do I, so? Why do the articles say you're a Northwest Indiana uh, lawyer? Because I live in Northwest Indiana, but I'm licensed oh. in Illinois. 
Okay, so it's the article's fault. It's not mine. Yeah, that's that maybe that just, that just wasn't clear. Yeah, that's yeah, that should have been clear. Mm, that's on them. Thank you, Northwest Indiana newspaper. Yeah, we don't have great papers here. <laughs> they snuck in Manichaeus, uh, though, so you know, props for that. <laughs> just comes in, yells, and leaves. Oh, I love this dude. Um, but I also found something called uh, Den Geek. What is that? Yeah, Den of, of Geek, that is a website that's been around for about 15 years, uh, focusing on various you know, nerdy parts of culture, video games, uh, movies, TV, TV, a little bit of, bit of wrestling. Uh, that's a website I started writing for in 2016. Uh, I just do the the video game stuff. I used to do more more reviews for them, but now it's just kind of like generally whatever they ask me to write about video games. So you're still active in that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I just got an assignment uh, from them yesterday uh, that I'm going to start working on uh, here soon about uh, the old NES. I don't even know what the hell that means. But the Nintendo, the 8-bit Nintendo. I don't even know what that is. You ever play Nintendo? I played. Uh, what the? I've, I've played a Nintendo before. Like Super Mario Brothers, Metro, Metroid, Zelda. I don't know, dude. I was more of a I was I was more of a Sega PlayStation guy. Um, I've played Nintendos that were owned by other people, like the big gray box that you have to blow in the cartridge to yeah. make it work. I've played that. What is yeah, that? That's, that's that's the NES. Okay, so it's the it's the one that never worked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that one. Excellent. So I played that one. I played uh, Nintendo sixty four. I played the GameCube. Um, but mostly, like my my life in video gaming is PlayStation, and uh, I had a Sega Genesis. That was uh, the beginning of it all, if you will. Uh, but that's really awesome, actually. Joe, uh, he's known by Cartoon Joe here, but at the very beginning of this, he was known by Geek Cash Joe, because if there's one thing you can learn about Joe, he'll promote the shit out of his other podcast over here as much as you can. So he used to be known as Geek Cash Joe because he's on a podcast called Geek Cash Live. He actually said he used to read uh, Den of Geeks uh, before. So maybe he read some of the articles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've written probably more than 100 articles for, for them over the years now. Oh, geez. What was your favorite article? I just like doing the reviews because you, you used to get uh, free copies of video games, but they haven't done that in the last couple of years. Monsters. I, I will say I did one, and this was years ago, about I think it was like the top 15 or 20 wrestling video games. That that was a pretty fun one. What was your top wrestling video game? No Mercy. Mm, okay. So, yeah, see, for me, it was uh, Here Come the Pain. Loved it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that would be, that would be up there, but, I mean, I, I had an N64 when it, when it came out. I, I got New Mercy, yeah. New Mercy like a month after it came out and spent so much time with that game. I did play, it was, oh God, I think it was No Mercy. Was that the one where like, so when the guys would run out to the ring, like their their torso would stay in place, but their arms would move? You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't think, oh, I think that was Smackdown on the PS1. No, this was definitely Nintendo. This was, this was a Nintendo 64 game. Mm-hmm. Um, a buddy of mine had it. And I want to say it was No Mercy where like it was the Royal Rumble and like the guy would come out. But all it would show would show like a, a zoomed up uh, look of him, and you see from head to to stomach, and he's running to the ring, but his torso is standing still as his arms, which are too big for his body, regardless of who it is, is running to the ring. 
I, I, I want to say I want to say it had to have been No Mercy. Maybe I'm, yeah, I yeah I don't remember that. Go, go play No Mercy and let me know. <laughs> yeah, I, I got it in my closet somewhere. I'd have to pack it. I I, I know for a fact you do. Just hearing about you so far screams I have an Atari still. No, I, I never had an Atari actually. I don't believe you. No, I grew up on the NES. Awesome. Well, that's perfect. Um, so so you did you do Den of Geeks? Uh, you're a lawyer. How how is being a lawyer? Because I watch I watch Suits. I just finished that series, um, and uh, a lot of shady shit. Um, I think it actually gives lawyers a bad rap. I have no problem with lawyers. Well, that's I think, cool. uh, yeah, that. I, th- I think I uh, think I think honestly, God, about. I'm going to go 70%, maybe 67. I don't want to sound, you know, embellish it too much that they're all good people. I, I would of, say that's, that's fair. Most of the lawyers I've, I've met really are good people who are trying to help their clients out. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and you know, it's weird, uh, not weird, but I do sympathize for certain lawyers like, uh, uh, what it, like the, the, the ones who defend criminals who are like, you know, like, because and again, I know nothing about lawyers. You correct me if I'm wrong. You know, I hope you do, but like there are lawyers who know that their clients are guilty, but you got to defend them anyways. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't do criminal law. I just do social security yeah. disability, but uh, you know, my version of that, I, I, I take the cases. It's like, I know this is not going to fly. You know, this guy told me, oh yeah, if I could find, find the job, I could do it, but you do the best you can. Yeah. Yeah, but is, I mean, like, is there is there a point? And because again, I, the only knowledge I know of for lawyers is Suits, uh, the the small parts of Law and Order SVU, the movie Liar Liar. Uh, so this is where I get my knowledge on uh, on judicial systems. So uh, uh, when I look at it, what my perspective of lawyers are is: here's a guy who has a client that they know is shady that they know they're in the wrong, but it's their duty to get them the win in court. Now, is that, is that factual? It depends. It depends on what you're doing. A lot of the criminal defense work is that where it's like, you know, they've got the guy on video. He admitted it. You're just trying to get him the the best deal that, that you can. I think when you get into the higher levels, the, the corporate deals, it's like everybody is shady. Everybody's screwing each other o- over. I think those are a lot of the lawyers who just don't care. What I do, it's generally trying to help people who, who cannot work. Uh, sometimes you get people who are kind of mistaken about the system. They get hung up on, well, I can't do my past job. And it's like, well, yeah, I get that. We agree on that. But the standard is you can't do any job. And so I do what I can for them. And, you know, sometimes you, you can win. Sometimes you can't. There's a lot that, that goes into it. If you get somebody who's just straight, straight up trying to scam the system, either you get them to drop their, their case or, I mean, I've had a couple of times I've gone in into the hearing and said, yep, this guy's trying to pull this. Do what you need to do, judge. I'm not putting my license on the, on the line for him. Mm. What, uh, what made you get into uh, becoming a lawyer? Well, before I was a lawyer, I was a, a journalist. And my, my first job after college was actually in Fairbanks, Alaska. And I started covering the, the court system up there, which was really, really weird. I mean, Alaska is a weird place overall. But I'd see a lot of 
bad lawyers, I, I thought. And after a while, it was like, you know, I think I could do this better than a lot of them. And I thought I could help people more and actually explain things to them. Because even though it was crim criminal court, a lot of times public defenders, they'd be talking to the, the victims and victims' families and just kind of blow them off. And it's like, you know, I can at least give people a better idea of, of what's going on with, with their cases. And that was really sort of the the start of me being like, okay, I, I think I, 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 can, I can do this and I can do this very well. Awesome. Awesome. So you're, you're like a superhero, man. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know about that. No, you can say it. It's okay. It's fine. It's totally fine. I'm saying. Trust me. Uh, dude, I, like I said, I mean, that, that sounds incredible because in my mind, like I said, about 67% decent guys. Oh, yeah. Still, I don't know. They just, it's just, I mean, there's, there's, uh, weird. But I mean, I think that's pretty cool. Um, because I don't know a lot of people who have like those, uh, um, like higher uh, white collar, you know, jobs. And, you know, when I sit here and I think like, you know, like, you know, oh, you know, it'd be cool if I had a friend. And I'm not saying we're friends. I don't want to put that on you yet. Oh, um, oh thanks, buddy. Yeah. Well, get to know me a little bit more before you make decisions. <laughs> Come on now. Um, but like, when you think of like lawyers and doctors, you know, like, the, you know, uh, accountants, whatever, like you think that there's like an entitlement feeling that they have. Um, but you're a very down to earth dude. And, uh, I mean, a lot of guys, you know, who are lawyers and stuff, I don't see them ever like really getting involved in pro wrestling like you did. Um, but I, I, I do love talking to you, uh, at, uh, you know, the school and I, after the, uh, the, uh, shows and stuff, and we'll dive more into that as we progress through this. Um, but your, your journey, your weight loss journeys, uh, started from, if I, you know, read the article right, uh, your, your, a lot of your weight gain came from working as a journalist, correct? Or were you always a bigger guy, like, from being a kid? Yeah, I, I was always pretty big. I mean, in, in high school, I, I did amateur wrestling, and the, the weight limit on that was 275, and I was, I was always, like, right around 270. So I, I, was, I was always pretty heavy, and that was probably from, like, the end of high school onward. Yeah. And I could I mean, more and more. Yeah, because, and, and the biggest reason, and I don't want to sound selfish here, but the biggest reason I wanted to talk to you about your journey is because it seems like you and me are very mirrored in that sense. Like, I feel like I'm like, like maybe like four, five years behind where you are today. Um, and how, First off, how old are you, Chris? 39. 39. Perfect. Okay. So... That's going to be important for what I'm going to say later on in the show. Um, but I, uh, when I when I read the articles and hear the interviews and talk to you and everything, all I kept thinking to myself is like, wow, this, this dude is just like me. You know, struggle with weight and everything. Because when I was a kid, and I don't know, I don't know, you know, how it is with you, but like I remember uh, certain weights that I was at certain ages. Yeah. Like, I remember, like, when I was 12 years old, I was 180 pounds. And uh, I never got really made fun of for being, like, a bigger kid yet. I mean, that didn't come until, I think, like, eighth grade, freshman year of high school and stuff. I, I did try to do the amateur wrestling in school. Um, I think I was, like, 210 in seventh grade trying to uh, – trying to do the amateur wrestling and which sucked because it put me in like the, the last weight bracket 
that they had. And the guy, the, my first and only match I ever had, because I did it once and I was done, is they put me in the they put me in a match with an eighth grader who was two forty five, and he destroyed me. And it was very difficult because, like, you know, you think a coach who, you know, you know, and I get wrestling coach and, you know, football coaches, they have to be, you know, hard on their guys to motivate them to be better. But that's not how I work. I don't do well with people, you know, telling me that I screwed up. You know, I'm more of a, hey, you know, it happened. Let's work on getting it better, you know, encouraging not tearing somebody down continuously. Um, which sucks, which is weird for me because I am at a point in my life where I developed this whole let's tear somebody down to build them back up, uh, which I'm trying to get better at. Uh, but after this, this dude destroyed me, and like I want to say, I think I got to round two, uh, but he ended up to, uh, you know, falling straight on me, knocking the wind on me, cradling me, pinning me, and stuff. But I've always been a big dude. Uh, I think I graduated high school at, uh, I think like 290, uh, I was 310 by the time I was 21. And then I dated this Italian girl whose family did nothing but eat. And, uh, after she dumped me, she left me, uh, you know, at like 390 or some shit. And I relate a lot of my weight gain to, uh, and this is, you know, not, you know, accurate for me it's not it's not something that should be true but um every time i fail i would eat if i failed at anything i would eat it's like oh well there you go you screwed up again you know go eat you know there's mics and shit like that yeah. uh so i i right now as i sit here i am at the heaviest i've ever been and you uh i think uh you capped off at like what like 407 or something like that yeah that's that's the heaviest that i that i know i was at 407 god, god you're lucky brother you're so fucking good. So I'm yeah, jealous of that. Maybe, maybe caught it right in time. Yeah. What? Uh. So what? What? Um. What did you do? What? If you could look back, what habits? Hey, look at that humble dog. Just said I just did a quick search on Mr. Freiburg. Some cool stuff. I see he even published in Hustler. I'm sure you did, right? Yep. That is two articles in Hustler back in the day. Yeah. How did you get involved in that? You know, so this goes back about 20 years ago to when I was in college. And in a lot of ways, the world was very, very different back then. And I was doing a lot of work for the college paper. And one of the stories that came along is there was this girl on campus named Teen Kira. And we figured out that she was shooting a porn site in her dorm room. And so the school was very interested in, you know, why are you shooting porn in our dorms? And this was at Indiana university where like a year prior, a porn company had come down there and done a whole shoot. So the school launched a, an investigation and I, I wrote the articles and it became this big thing. And hustler actually reached out to me after what, the first or, or second article and said, Hey, you know, we're interested in, in this girl's story. Uh, would you, would you like to write an article and we'll pay you 500 bucks. And I mean, I'm, 19 years old i was like hell yeah hustler 500 bucks i'm, I'm completely down for that nice. that's pretty cool and, you, and so you did the two articles and that was about it yeah yeah just just did those two i i actually still have the the first one it's hanging up in my my office that's really cool man um so <clears throat> uh growing up uh did you have parents who kind of uh ever questioned your weight because I, I I I have that, and I'm just wondering. I I want to I want to really really connect with other people who fucking live this life. Um. So did you have parents who ever questioned your weight? 
Yes and no. Uh, my, my dad was never really big on it. Uh, he, he, he never ate really well and he, he passed away actually in, in 2000 when I was in high school. My mom would get on me sometimes about it, but in the, the article I know kind of touched on this, it, it was such a weird upbringing because it would be like, oh, you know, you need to watch your, your, your weight and what you're eating sometimes. But she also owned a candy store for most of the 90s. So it would be like, oh, watch your weight. And here I'm bringing home, you know, five pounds of candy. Or, oh, I have to go and, and work a couple shifts at, at the store. Oh, hey, you're not really doing anything here. You you want some, some of this new chocolate that came, that came in. So it, it was very conflicting and, and difficult to really watch what I was eating and, and be healthy at that point. And that's really something that, you know, continued in, into adulthood. I mean, my mom uh, hasn't had that source since the year 2000, but at that point I'm getting older. Eventually I'm off to college. I'm, I'm, I'm living on my own. So I'm just, I'm really not paying attention to, to what I'm eating at all at that point. I mean, every now and then, yeah, she would be like, oh, you know, have you thought about doing something? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, okay, I've thought about it. But I mean, the the thing was for, for the longest time, it's like, you know, I was getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but it really wasn't affecting my life. I, I felt fine for the most part. So that's why, why I really didn't do anything about it. Yeah. So, okay, so when, uh, so growing up, did, uh, were scales ever a thing? Like, did you ever sit there? Like, so for, for example, for me, and I, I'm, I'm not going to try to make this about me. I do that a lot in these interviews where I try to, oh yeah, I you know this is what happened to me. And I'm going to try to avoid doing that a lot here. But um, when I was younger, again, I had, I had parents, you know, my mom was the, you know, a little more like sentimental part of like, he's like, Hey, you know, let's get you in this workout, you know, thing during the summer you can do it with your buddies and you guys can go like exercise, but it's fun. And, my dad would be like, let's go outside. I'll tie a rope around your waist. You know, keep up with the truck. And um, so they had their own little ways of, you know, telling me, hey, it's time to lose weight and stuff. But through high school, like, I would always find myself stepping on a scale just to see what the number is. And every time it got bigger, I was like, okay, Travis, this is what you got to knuckle down. You got to eat better. You know, you got to work out, blah, 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 blah. And I do it for like a couple of weeks and then it falls off, you know, and that was my pattern. Do it for a couple of weeks, fall off, a couple of weeks, fall off. And, even into adulthood, you know, I even do it now. Like I look at the scale and I see the number and I'm like, come on, dude. Like, that's it. You're done. After this weekend, you start fresh on Monday. Like, this is it. Did you ever have those moments? Like, you know, as you got older of like, you see the number, like I got to fix this, but for some reason you're just not finding ways to fix it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, in high school, I was watching my weight because, you know, I had the wrestling. So I always had to stay under 275. Uh, my, yeah. my senior year, though, that's when I, I stopped doing uh, football and wrestling because I was focusing more on the, the journalism and, and college. And I, I know when I graduated, I was around 300 pounds. I know my freshman year of college, I was around 330. I might not have weighed myself then for about seven years or so because then I know... Uh, my, my last reporting job when I lived in Arkansas around 2011, at one point I was up to about 384 then. And then my, my solution was, if, if you've ever seen the documentary Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, I stumbled on that on Netflix and I did some juice fasting and I got down to like three 310 or so. But, you know, that's not really sustainable if, oh, I'm going to drink nothing but fruit juice for, for a week or so and then just go back to, to whatever, whatever I'm eating. So uh, I, I did get down to like, 310, 315 right before I started law school. But then, you know, when you're studying all the time, completely lost track of things. And then I, I remembered in 20, 
17, I think, 16, 17, I went to the doctor at one point and the scale there was like an old fashioned one. And they're like, well, it goes up to 350 and you're over 350 again. Um, but they, they didn't know exactly how, how much I, I weighed. So it was, it was very sporadic checking in on my, on my weight over there is just knowing, you know, I was getting bigger. It's like, oh, I was wearing a 3XL. Now I got to do a 4XL, that type of thing. Yeah. So what, what was the moment? Like, so the moment before you started the journey that you, you took now, what happened to where you, where the decision was made, like, this is the absolute time I have to absolutely change. What was that moment? It all really started in, in October of 2020. That's when we got COVID and I had the, I was sick for about a month and Tara was sick for, for maybe even four months. <laughs> yeah. I mean that what, what really kind of triggered things was the residual issues and I was having trouble breathing and having the memory fog. And my mom was like, just, just go to the doctor, get, get checked out. And so I started going to the doctor for, for the first time in years. And that's when I got weighed for, for the first time in, you know, five or six five or six years. And what really triggered it was I found a doctor that, that I liked here in Crown Point, Indiana. And he's like, you're, you're diabetic and your blood pressure is, is through the roof. And the diabetes diagnosis is really what scared me straight. And a lot of that goes back to the disability work that I do and seeing the worst case scenarios with diabetes, with the, with the people who have the really, really bad neuropathy that it hurts to walk, it hurts to use their hands. And then seeing like the amputations and the open wounds. And at that point I was 36 years old and I'm just like, I, I, I'm not going to, not going to do this. I'm not going to be stuck on, on all of these meds and, and dealing with all, all of this at this age. And my, my doctor said, well, I'm going to give you three months to, to figure this out, or I'm going to put you on meds. And I don't think he really had any faith in me at the time, but that was the start of it. Gotcha. It was, um, I think for me, the moment was realizing I needed to get a scale that went up higher. Yeah, yeah that, that, that was my thing. Once the once the scale starts saying error, I'm just like, oh, you you fat fuck, you. Pe-. <laughs> and it, it, it's it, that's the thing. Like I I hated that I hated that doctors have to be honest. Yeah. Um, for me, in the sense, like because I I used to work for a company where they would give like you know free annual like blood drawing like you know whatever. So they draw your blood and they run all these tests and everything. And it was covered by the insurance. They didn't have to worry about paying anything. And I think at that time I was like 425. And I kept thinking to myself, like, they're going to come back and they're going to tell me I have high blood pressure. I'm going to have high cholesterol. I, you know, I, I, you know, I'm on the verge of diabetic. I'm going to lose a foot, you know, quit, quit eating fatty, anything like this. Which in my mind is like, you know, if they told me this, it's going to be a wake up call. And it's going to be okay. Now my health is being affected. You know, the only thing they told me is I just have too much salt intake. And I was like, well, what about like, you know, my blood pressure and you know, everything? He's like, no, everything else is fine. And I'm like, how is that possible? And the lady's like, I'll be honest with you. I don't know. But according to your test, everything is fine. The only problem is you take, you, you have too much salt or I have a, uh, I have low, I, I basically too much salt. But I was doing a keto diet at that time too. Because uh, I found success in the keto diet. Not so much anymore, but back in the day I did. And I think a lot of my success had to do with my mental uh, uh, stability or whatever. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but whatever it is. Uh, Joe, I don't know if you're able to uh, respond, but my mental 
whatever. Uh, because I find myself doing a lot better in life when I'm in relationships. Uh, if I'm dating somebody, like when I did the keto diet in 2018, I had a girlfriend, and during that time, I lost 60 pounds, and it was fantastic. And then she dumped me because she's a bitch. And uh, <laughs> I uh, end up gaining all that weight back and then some, and I'm just like, oh, God. And I, I, I'm at a point now where I can't blame her for it anymore. It is on me. Weight loss is 100% on the person, not on you know anyone else who caused them to feel that way. And I know a lot of people think that that's maybe not true, but I, for me, I believe it's 100%. It's not on her. She did nothing. All she did is just come into my life for a certain period of time and then just left. It's me who stuck around and did this. Uh, Tara, I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk now. Let me know if you're ready. Like, it's, like You can see this is very calming and fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> For, yeah, see, yeah. that's how a lot of my listeners listen to my show. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, tell me about how you and Chris first got together. Where did that start? <laughs> On a dating website, OkCupid. <laughs> oh, my God. I used OkCupid. Actually, it was probably my favorite one. I think I did it in 2010. Now it's garbage. Complete dog shit. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a horrible app now. But back then, so so when did you guys first get together? Gosh, we talked for a little while for about a couple weeks and then got together. Um, how long ago was that? Gosh, 2013. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so you guys have been together for a while. Yeah. 10 years so you were, in February. Yeah. So yeah. you were, you were with Chris at like his, like his, his thickness era. Oh yeah. Like when he was in law school, we were doing grocery shopping at the dollar store, getting chips and like all the crap. And cause that's all we could afford at the time. So Tara bless you. <laughs> it's, it's women like you that make this world a better place because I, and I, I'm going to tell you why, because I gone on first dates and I honestly believe that the only reason there isn't a second one is because they see me walk through that door and Ghostbusters go through their fucking head and like, oh, hell no. Yeah. Uh, so good for you. You know, way, way to, you know, way, way to give a person an opportunity. Yeah. So anyways, okay. So you guys got together in 2013. Um, how, how. No, continue with that. I want I want to hear from that up until uh, because one of the biggest things was uh, your health food kind of helped him through this journey. Uh, how did you get into uh, the healthy eats idea? Well, it's funny because when he he went to the doctor, he mm -hmm. came home and he was like, "We got to change everything." Um, I, I kind of went into panic mode because I'm like, "Nobody's gonna take my pizza away from me. Nobody's gonna take my Taco Bell away from me." Um, junk food, all that stuff. I'm a big chips person. Yeah. Uh, I was like, we're going to break up. We're going to break up. It's not going to work. Um, and he, the healthiest thing we had in the fridge that time was like some tuna thing, um, that he didn't like. And he's like, oh no, this is not going to work. Um, he's like, I'm going to the grocery store. We're going to do cereals, you know, salad, and then a protein, probably salmon mostly. Um, and I said, I, I can't do that. I, I, this is just not going to work. Um, then one day, he, that's all he bought all the time. I'm like, you're going to have to change it up. If you don't change it up, you're going to get bored and you're going to fall off. That's how it's happened with me all my life. You get into this health craze. You're like, okay, I'm doing great for like four months. And then you're like, I'm tired. I'm tired of the salads. I'm tired of the healthy stuff. I want a cheeseburger. <laughs> so, um, oh, 
So he, I said, we got to do something different. Let me kind of take control. We'll do meal prepping. Um, well, I guess I'll do <laughs> meal prepping. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I kind of just started doing research on, you know, low carb, you know, get rid of the breads, get rid of the pastas, um, see what I can do to substitute those things. Um, so it was like a low carb, low sugar, got rid of all the junk food, threw it all out, gave it to people at work. Um, cut out alcohol. We didn't drink alcohol for what? How how long? Like six, think, uh, seven those months. First, those first three months, I think I had like one drink. Yeah, it, well, it was a lot. Um, no fast food. We didn't have fast food for. We still don't have fast food. Yeah, other than Wendy's salads. Yeah, I really don't. Need so it's anything. been what three years since fast food? Yeah, almost two years. Um, yeah, so we stuck to the like cereal, the salads for lunch, and then um, usually salmon. And it kind of turned into the Mediterranean diet. So a lot of salmon and feta and, you know, things like that, um, that kind of helped us. I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, real quick, uh, before we continue, <clears throat> Chris, do you feel, and just be honest with me, you can say yes, you can say no. I don't think you'll hurt my feelings or Terrace. Uh, do you feel that you would uh, be able to exceed, achieve what you have without her? No, I, I really don't think so. I, I don't think it would have gotten this far. I think I would have had trouble st sticking with it. Uh, I, yeah, and I, I, I don't think I would have would have lost a, as much without her. Right, it's, and that's and I think that's what is really cool about this story. Because granted, you did the work, man. Like I'm, like I want everyone to know that the weight loss and everything has to come from you. But having that support system is huge when it comes to journeys like this. Well, and um, Tara does do like ninety nine percent of the cooking. Well, that's solid. God, I need a Tara in my life. <laughs> I think a lot of people need me in their life. They're like telling me on Facebook, oh, can you please cook me like meal prep for the week and, and things like that. And I appreciate that. It's just, I need a bigger kitchen. <laughs> well, see, and and, I, and I, I think that's incredible that people are acknowledging that and everything. And yeah. like, and, that, and that's the biggest reason why I wanted to have both you guys on because, I mean, obviously I want to I wanna talk to Chris and, um, you know, talk about the guy who, you know, lost all that weight you know, and was able to, you know, achieve a goal of his, but also that support system that came along with him that got him to where he is today. And I think a lot of people who are those support systems, who are those like, you know, the, the person behind the person, they kind of get lost in the shuffle. And I know Chris has done a great job in mentioning you and, you know, why not? You know, it's, it's amazing. I mean, you guys are engaged, you know, you know, you, he doesn't want to, you know, he wants to give credit where credit is due. And I'm glad he did that because that's how I found out that you were a part of this. And that's how I found like your Instagram and everything because I'm a fit, I'm a media creep and I, you know, I rabbit whole things and I was like, okay, so his fiance does the meal things. And I went on his Facebook, saw he was engaged, found you, found your Instagram. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. And I see the pictures, oh. you know, of all the food and stuff you post. And I'm like, damn, I'm hungry. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but I think that's, I think that's really incredible. Um, Random question, alcohol of choice that you gave up. What was the hardest one to give up? I like the hard stuff, so <laughs> margaritas and just, Oh god, uh, margaritas. margaritas. The the sweet stuff. I'm a sweet girl. So I I like all the sweet, sweet high sugar <laughs> stuff. Okay, let me oh, let me take a guess. A blended strawberry margarita. Yeah, but well now Santa Fe has those rainbow margaritas, so that's where I go. <laughs> 
I, I don't know why, but it's always a blended strawberry margarita. <laughs> I I am a I, I am a lime margarita on the rocks kind of guy. I just uh, every time I go on a date, my my go to date is taco margarita night. Those are my mm-hmm. that's my go to first date. And every time the person across the table, can I get a blended strawberry margarita? I'm like, <laughs> of course you are. Uh, what about you, Chris? What was your go to drink that you gave up that was the hardest? Well, well, now I, I, it's not totally alcohol free. I mean, I, I do drink now. It was that. Oh, I've stories. seen I've seen you at Steam Hollow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So don't, don't don't say I don't I don't drink at all because I'm you know, yeah. I don't but, no, but I'm talking about like at the time because the biggest thing for me is is self control. I yeah. I have bad self control. Soda, fast food, uh, smoking, drinking. I can't give everything up at once, or else I'll forget. You know, I'll fail at all of it. But for you at that time, when you when you were told. No drinking for nine months, whatever. That, what what was the one you gave up that was the hardest? You know, those first few months, I was so focused. I really didn't even even miss alcohol at all. No, you. I, mean, I, I was I was super super focused those those first few months. Gotcha. Uh, Joe was uh, Joe was asking, what cereal did you have with just Honey Nut Cheerios? That. I'd mix up with a few different things. I, li- I like Raisin Bran, Crunch, Special K. Um, what, what's that? Honey, honey, honey bunches of oats. Yeah, that that one. Um, so like high fiber stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's there's this yeah. new um, granola cereal that that we get every now and then. Yeah, you just have to be careful with the sugar. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, what I use a milk, almond milk. Like what? Uh, what do you what do you use for the cereal? Just two percent milk on the cereal. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah, I've I've always lived with that fat-free milk, so it's just water paste mostly. <laughs> yeah, I I think two percent is is good enough. I I have been getting two percent lately, just because like I want to get like you know a little bit of like the fattier and everything. But I mean, honestly, like I, I do mix up from time to time. Like my whole family grew up on like skim milk, fat-free milk, and stuff like that. But I think one day I got whole milk, and I'm like, what the hell am I chewing? Um. But uh, I, I no, but I think that's great. Uh, so uh, other than you know changing your eating habits, because it sounds like, and I, I think the article said a lot of it was uh, your your traveling for journalism is where you found a lot of fast food, uh, gas station pizzas and stuff like that. And again, that's where we relate a lot because I used to be an inspector where I traveled across the Midwest doing jobs and my breakfast, lunch, and dinner was McDonald's breakfast, Taco Bell lunches and whatever dinner I could find at any Seven Eleven on my way back home. Um, that, that actually was more from the, the disability work because before oh, okay. COVID, gotcha, gotcha. I, I was traveling all over the place. Even though I'm licensed in Illinois, I can do the disability stuff all, all over the place. And there were some months I was putting 5,000 miles on my car. I would go to Iowa, Missouri, Southern Illinois, so- Southern in- in Indiana, go up to the office in-, in Minnesota, and I'd have like seven, eight over overnight trips a month. And, you know, I'd get the per diem, and it's, you know, they all, I mean, I'd be in these small towns. Really is all you can get is fast food at best, maybe Buffalo Wild Wings or, or something like that. There just weren't many healthy options. So I think that did contribute a lot to the weight gain. But then once COVID hit, everything was moved to over, over the phone. So I'm home 
all of the time and not on those trips. In the first few months of COVID, because we didn't want to go to the grocery store, that's when we were stocking up on a lot of the, the processed foods. But And I think that just made me heavier and probably contributed, well, I know it contributed to the, the diabetes and the, and the high blood pressure. So it was it was just kind of that wake-up call then and deciding to, okay, pull, pull back at that point and being able to, to work from home 99% of the time at this point also helps me, me focus and, and eat better. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm going to tell you right now, dude, you're probably the most articulate interview I've ever done. This is amazing. <laughs> well, that's, that's the lawyer in me. Right. And, and, and this is going, I'm not, I mean, nothing against the, you know, the last like interview interview I did, but like, I think the last one, I, this is going a lot better than the last one because I think that one, Joe, if you remember, I, I think I spent like half the time, you know, motherfucking Oregon. Uh, just because, you know, he said he was from like the West Coast and I hate the West Coast. Uh, so this is going phenomenal, by the way. It is how it in my right. We, we, he lived in Michigan, but he said he was from Oregon or Washington or some shit. And I'm like, that entire West Coast is bullshit to begin with. Um, so this is going fabulous. Well, I, and my parents were in radio. So from the time I could talk, I would go and do their radio shows. So I, I, I can do the talking radio podcast. That's not an issue for me. Right. right. If you If you never did the wrestling and we're gonna get in that in a minute if you ever decide to be an announcer you could crush that too yeah but I, I like being in the ring oh i know no trust me I, i'm just saying if if that was never if, if you ever wanted to get into the business but not be a wrestler if you chose to be an announcer you crush it uh yeah but but then i'd really have heat with steve oh god steve that uh, <laughs> that, that, that beautiful psychotic man um <laughs> Tara, I, I didn't get a chance to touch on this a little bit, but uh, did you go through school for like nutrition or health or anything, or like th this whole like you know you know setting up meals for Chris? Was this just you just learned as you went, or did you go to school for that? No, I mean I just learned as I went. Um, just did a lot of research, and now it's kind of like because I went to Pinterest and things like that for ideas and what what can we do to swap out things. Um, and now it's just it's kind of in my brain, and I just <laughs> do it and. Um, but a lot of people don't know seasonings are like the biggest part of all this because nobody wants boiled chicken or, you know, I have probably over 50 seasonings in my kitchen and you really need to make it flavorful because you're not going to eat it. So you got to have like all these different things that you can do, um, search you know, if you have to do Pinterest or Google, whatever, um, just to get some ideas. And then once you kind of learn them, you kind of do your own thing and, I can't even eat if I go to a restaurant now. I can't eat it because I'm like, this isn't. I could do better at home. <laughs> oh geez, like you gotta start like carrying like spices in your purse with you. It's like you know what, this is oh. missing fucking tarragon. Uh, my my whole spice uh, cabinet is salt, pepper, and uh, garlic powder. Yeah. Every, <laughs> every recipe so I look is out there. Right. Well, every, every recipe I look at is like, oh, you do just put in onion powder. And I was like, yeah. I've never once I, I've I've lived on my own now going on uh eight nine, 12 years. God, it's been that long. Yeah, somewhere somewhere around there. I don't think I've ever once owned onion powder. I've owned garlic powder, garlic salt. I never use garlic salt because I always put salt. Yeah. But I'm just like, I'm like, what the hell is this? And then like I said, I I see words like tarragon, and I'm like, that's a fucking Pokemon. I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> You know, and my mom got me this uh, as a housewoman give like this this collection of spices, 
that still to date are sitting in the back of my cabin. They're like rosemary and stuff like that. I, I know nothing about spices. So whenever I have chicken, steak, pork, whatever it is, salt, pepper, garlic powder, salt. I will, I will get fancy. I'll throw lemon on fish. Who wouldn't? Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, I think that's cool that, uh, that this is something that you just learned and uh, you kind of, like, made your own. Is, uh, is, so is meal prepping and stuff like that, is that something you're looking to, like, make a business out of? Because, like you said, I mean, there's a lot of people who are asking you to kind of meal prep for them, right? Yeah, I mean, there's pros and cons to it, and I, I always lean more towards the cons because – First of all, I need a bigger kitchen. But second, um, you know, you think of, okay, people with allergies and people, I just do my own thing. Me and Chris, we have yeah. limited allergies, you know, throw some stuff together. Then you have to think too much and be like, okay, well, I got to make sure there's no, you know, nuts in this or whatever for people. And I just, it becomes more like not fun. And because I, I consider this fun, like I do have a little bit of anxiety. So it does help me with that. And, um, you know, it won't be fun anymore if I'm kind of going out there and here, here you go. And then they're like, I hate your food or something. Like that. So I don't know. I kind of lean more towards the cons of it. I got you. Well, it, it's, it's one of the things like, you know, like eat. You can hope for the best, but expect the worst and everything. And then if, as long as you expect the worst, there's always a way to counter the worst and everything. Um, I, I, I think it is really cool that, uh, that people are reaching out to you for you to, in a sense, save them like you did Chris. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, people are responsible, you know, cook your own fucking food, you know, like, God damn it. <laughs> it was like, Oh, you do it for Chris. Why not do it for me? It's like, I mean, like, it's one of the things where like, if you want to, you can like, you can send them the recipes that you're using. I know a lot of people like, you know, like TikTok and like Instagram, like they're like, you know, Hey, I'm Tara, you know, watch me make, you know, chicken Parmesan or whatever, like yeah. stuff like that. I think is really, it's a really cool thing to ever look into, but to sit there and like tell someone's like, Hey, Chris's fiance, I also need dinner. It's like, fuck yourself, dude. People have, people have done that. And I mean, we, we talk a little bit about selling it. And and I think, well, as it is, Tara does post all of her, her recipes online freely if anybody asks for that. But if you're going to make it into a business, first of all, then like she said, you're going to deal with the allergens and you're going to have a health inspector coming in here. And I think people want this, but they don't necessarily understand you know, there, there's a cost. These are fresh ingredients and her time. And they might be like, oh, I want this until it's 12 to 15 bucks per meal. And then all of a sudden it's, oh yeah, I don't, I don't want to pay for that. So it's, it, it sounds great in theory, but I don't think in, in practice it would necessarily be, be workable for us. Well, see, and, that, and that's the thing I don't think people understand. And again, and that's, I don't want to put a lot of people in it because I'm the same way about it is I can never get past the logic of, how the hell am I going to buy HelloFresh when it costs that much money? And yet I could go spend $18 on Jimmy John's. Like my yeah. like my my logic is not really computing right because I know like if I go grocery shopping and I do all the things I need to do, like I would spend less money than I would on fast food in like a week. Yeah. Well, you know? and, and I mean honestly, I think that is one of the things that contributed to to putting on the weight over the years because the fast food is so much cheaper and and it and it is there. And I and I remember even when that day talking to my doctor, I was like, 
but you know, it's so cheap to, to, to do this. And I mean, we, we do spend a good chunk of money on, on food, which, you know, for, fortunately we, we, we can afford that. Um, and, but the way that I look at it is I would rather spend the money on the food up front now than spend it on medications and, and treatment down the line. Yeah, I, th- I think I think the the lowest part of my life was how outraged I was when the value menu went away. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you assholes, you took away my dollar forty nine burgers. Um, but uh, I, it's, it's so so. It seems to me the only difference between you and I is Tara. <laughs> that, yeah, that 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 could be. I mean, like like I said, she's she's ninety nine percent of it, and she's the one who's who's kept me going here. I because dude, I hate cooking. I absolutely hate it. And it's not the fact it's not the fact I hate the cooking part of it. I hate cleaning up afterwards. If I could find a way to cook with like paper pans so I could just toss away at the end, I'd probably end up doing it more often. I just hate having dishes. And when I was when I when I had my ex in eighteen, we had a great system. I cook, she did the dishes, we ate dinner together, it was magical. Um, so I just needed to find a Terra and uh I too could be happy one day. It's phenomenal. See, I was just very impatient with the cooking. I, I'd be hungry right now, and it's like I don't want to sit here and do this for for half an hour. I want to eat something right now. You know, the way you can do that is then you make a sandwich or put something in the microwave, which is not going to be the healthiest thing to do. Oh, geez, when you when you want to grill cheese, but you just like microwave like a piece of cheese on like some slices of bread. I, I would at least put it in the pan. I, I, I'm limited in my in my cooking. I could do a few, a few things. Well, okay, fine. You're better than me. I don't know what to fucking tell you, Chris. <laughs> oh my god, you put it in the pan, asshole. Um, <laughs> no, that that's great. Um, okay, so, uh, so we know food was a huge part of this. You changed your diet. You started developing better habits. Uh, tell me about the workout side of it. Uh, did you start working out right away or did you drop, uh, you know, did you drop some weight before you got into the gym or when did you start doing the physical work of it? You know, from the beginning, at the very start, I really didn't do much physically. I, I got this ring fit game for the switch and played that for like a, a couple weeks. I mean, when, when you're 400 pounds, it's difficult to do too much. So really the only exercise I did at first was walking the dog, which would be about 15 minutes a day. And I've got a, a couple of 20 pound dumbbells. So I, I think back then we, we were doing that pretty, pretty regularly a few times a week, but initially there, there was not much exercise, but, but just changing my diet that got me under 300 pounds in a year. Gotcha. Yeah, and I, I think I think a lot of people do neglect or don't think about how much value there is in just simply just walking. Yeah. Um, like I mean, I and I, I know I'm the guy who's the I I am guilty of it more than anyone else. Is like as soon as I get home from work, I just don't want to do anything. But ju- just to incorporate like 20 minutes of walking or something once you get home instead of sitting on the couch is. It, it is a, it makes a huge difference in your life, you know. It's that it's that stationary lifestyle that really you know affects people, and that affects me the most. I mean, I'm sitting here doing a podcast right now, you know, in my chair, and all I think about is as soon as I'm done with this, I'm gonna go catch up on uh, I'm on all the wrestling from this past week, you know, to get ready for the pay per view that's this afternoon. And I'm seeing like, geez, like that's a lot of sitting when there's weeds outside that need to be pulled. Um, so if you get a big dog, you got to walk that dog. 
Oh no, I, I got a dog. He just he doesn't like going for walks. Oh. Like yeah, he is, like I, I, I I think I fucked his dog up, Chris. Um, I think he's seen me sit around for so long. He's just like, yeah, I guess I'll lay here too. And uh, even now, like you know, like if we'll go outside, dude used to run around like a deer, like just a gazelle, you know, running through my yard and everything, and you know, circling it. And then I'd just be out there on my deck, you know, enjoying my coffee or tea while I'm smoking a cigarette, just admiring the day before the asshole neighbor's dogs show up. And now he just goes outside, takes a leak, and just walks back inside. I'm like, what did I do to you, bud? Yeah, well, even even Lulu, I kind of have to push. But she'll go go on a short walk if I really kind of make her do it. That's amazing, though. Um, that, oh, my God. I'm I just realized I think I see my dog the way people see me. <laughs> Holy hell. Uh how did uh, how did you get into wrestling? Where what was what was your goal before him? Because I know there was I know the biggest thing the hunter said was, "Dude, you gotta look at Chris, bro." Do I sound like him? Come on, that's yeah, you do sound like Hunter, right, dude? You gotta look at Chris, bro. This dude lost like over a hundred, you know, almost like one hundred and fifty pounds, and he's a lawyer, and now he's gonna come wrestle, dude. He's, he's coming, he's coming to our school. And I was like, okay, calm the fuck down, brother. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, I came, I came to meet you and everything. So how did you end up at uh, SCW's training school? Well, first off, first off, tell, tell me the conversation, tell me the conversation better yet, Tara, I want to tell me your reaction when Chris came up to you and said, like, I want to be a pro wrestler. Absolutely not. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, I was not happy. I'm like, you're too old for this. I mean, he's not old, but he's too old for this. I didn't want him getting hurt. Um, and I, I was like, I'm not going to deal with somebody who gets hurt. And then I have to take care of him. <laughs> I mean, I would take care of you either way, but you know, I, I just didn't want to have to go through that. And if he got hurt, I would, I would feel awful. Um, I gotcha. so what changed your mind? How, how happy it made him, you know, he, he went through all, you know, the, the eating for the whole year, he lost all this weight. Then the wrestling thing um and plus with COVID, i mean he was working from home so it was nice to get out and meet people again and be a part of something and um i saw his whole entire everything about him change and now i'm his his number one fan so i still don't want him getting hurt <laughs> but um i know i know hunter takes good care of him and the guys so oh, uh, that's the process i i have been around a lot of uh, not a lot of, but a handful of wrestling businesses in the Midwest area. And it's, it's Hunter's best quality, but it's also his worst quality in that he has so much love and care mm -hmm. for the guys in that school. It's, it's a good thing because he's, he's the, he, he Papa bears the fuck out of them, yeah. which is, which is fantastic. Uh, but at the same time, and it, Chris, I'm not saying this is you. I don't want you to put that into your head, but he does it to a point where there are certain people who take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, but Chris, Vern, you guys aren't like that. You guys definitely, you know, have a fond respect for him. There's other people and we don't got to yeah. get into name them because they're not there. Um, but there's, there's a, there's a really cool uh, community just with NCW. That I think kind of came about when that when that group of you guys came in, you, uh, Johnny Chaos, 
I can't. I wish I remember the other guys' names, but they're irrelevant. Apex, uh, those guys. You, you're that new core because you guys came in all kind of like around the same time. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, it, it kind of changed everything because before you, there was Vern, there was Creed, uh, JPH was already in the business, but he's still like learning and everything. Like you guys kind of evolved that community and made it more like of a family. In a sense. I mean, they, they always were a family, but I wasn't really around that often for them. I was around mostly for you guys, especially helping with, you know, booking high voltage stuff, uh, help booking the main card stuff. And then, you know, when you get, you know, Hunter coming up to you and everything, it's like, it's like, hey, we got to get these guys in some matches. They're ready. And I'm like, fuck yeah. You know, and I, th- I think, and I, I don't want to take all credit for it, but I think booking you in the high voltage title match was the happiest I've ever been. Just because, uh, oh yeah, yeah. I don't know who's gonna tell you, dude. But you being the champion, my fucking idea. Um, yeah, I don't, did you know that? No, I, did, I didn't. I didn't know whose idea it was. Hundred percent, my idea. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, and I'm happy at that, dude, because you are you're crushing it as a champion. I, I'll, I'll tell you something uh, a little behind the scenes here that, um, for anyone who listens, it's not really wrestling. Fan fans are more of like travesty fans, so it's not going to ruin anything for them if I tell you this. But I'm going to tell you something here in a minute. Um, I just got to f- find my train of thought because I lost myself. God, I do this all the time. This is why I suck at interviews, by the way. This, see, you were nervous for this shit. Come on now. Um, so your your journey started in 2020 during COVID, and you got into school when was that? It was last fall, right? Uh, it was March 2022. March 2022. So when did you go up to Tara and say, I want to be a wrestler? Was it right before March 2022? Or was it you were still working on your weight loss? I think it was January of that year when I was right around 300 pounds. And it was just, wow. I, I was feeling really, really good at that point. Like just, just you know, the best I'd felt in a long time. And I just started thinking, okay, is there anything I missed out on, anything I'd, I'd like to, to try? And I think w- one of the things that kind of influenced me too is, have you seen that David Arquette documentary? No, I haven't. Oh, wait. Uh, which one was it? The one, it came out in the last few years where after he had his heart, heart attack, he started training and he went into, into pro wrestling full time here in his 40s. No, I, I think, you know, I'm thinking of, uh, I'm thinking of the Nick. Uh, Nick Cage, uh, Dark Side of the Ring that he was involved in. No, I haven't seen his documentary. Yeah, well, well, that's that's part of it in the documentary. But I think that was one of the big things too. I was I, that kind of got in my head because uh, I, I had watched that a few months before, where it's like, well, you know, I'm I'm a little bit younger. I think I I could maybe give this a, a shot still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you went to your fiance, and she said, "Fuck no." Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm sure. I'm sure it came from love, though, right? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. She just doesn't now, want me getting getting hurt. Now, before you, before you went into the SCW, did you go back to the doctors and do your checkups? And because you said uh, in one of your articles, you talked about how like you're diabetic and all that other stuff. Like, did that kind of dissipate as the weight loss was happening? To where, you know, the doctor said, "Hey, your health is a lot better." And did you even talk to a doctor about doing the wrestling? 
Yeah, I think it was, I can't remember if it was like November of 2021 or, or, or January of 2022 um, when I when I saw him and he's like, yeah, you're you're not diabetic anymore. Your, your blood pressure is under control. All, all I was taking at that point was a was a blood pressure medication. I think it was about a month into training. I, I did mention it to him and I said, you know, I know there's risks involved with professional wrestling, but in terms of my health, is there anything else particular to me I need to worry about? And he's like, no, no, you're, you're fine. I th- he still thinks I'm crazy doing it at my age. He's asked me that, you know, how, how many guys in their, th- in their late thirties start this? I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm about the only one. Um, but health wise, there shouldn't be any particular risks for me with it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So you get into school, you get into the training. Uh, how'd you feel about your first day? That was rough. The, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I knew I was terrible at first and that wasn't expected. not, not doing anything like that in 20 years. I know Hunter didn't expect me to, to last real long at, at first. The, the hardest part was that first month or so when I, I was just sore all the time when I came home and, and I, I would just come home and just basically lay here and, and recover all, all, all the time. Yeah, I I, ju- I could just imagine like Tara looking over you like fucking told you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly like that. You want to do this to yourself? <laughs> uh, so how how is the weight loss going through training? I'm assuming. I'm mean, obviously. I think uh, you kept dropping weight and everything, but how's the weight loss been going uh, since you started? So when I started, I was around 295 to 296, yeah. some, somewhere around there. I know I was just under, under 300. This morning, I was 263, and I've, I've been in the lower 260s here for a while. Okay, so if, you, if we, let's say, two, yeah, so we'll say you've lost a total of how much now? 147? I see I'm bad at math. Uh, 100, 144. I, the lowest I know I've been at is 261. That's awesome, man. That is really cool. And it's weird to think. And the reason I was asking about your age earlier, because everyone always wants to try to find an excuse for not working for them. And one of the biggest things is, oh, you know, the older you get, the harder it is. And I, I do agree with that, but it's not impossible. You know, being the fact that you know you're almost forty years old and you achieve that is is phenomenal, and I applaud you for that. And again, I'm giving a lot of credit to Tara because uh, somebody always needs somebody like Tara behind them. You know, go yeah. find your people out there. Go find a fucking Tara. You know, yeah. change your lives and everything because it is really hard to go through life first off by yourself, single and everything. It does suck, uh, but to like I said, I mean, like a lot of my motivations were with somebody I was with. Um, I mean, if I had somebody in my life who was to tell me like, you know, like, hey, you know, let's make dinner tonight. You know, let's not, you know, go get an entire Casey's pizza and enjoy that for dinner and breakfast the next day. Or why don't you pack a lunch instead of, you know, ordering Jimmy John's or Wendy's or Chipotle and shit like that and spending $18 on a meal that's not going to, you know, fill you up for the day. Um, so, Tara, I give you a lot of credit. I think that's really awesome that uh, you were there uh, through the worst of it pretty much. You know, you didn't come in on the end where, like, you know, the, the goals were achieved and everything. You were there from the very beginning, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, we were, we were, we were together as a team in this, so – Nice. Yeah. yeah, right. And then you guys got engaged. Congratulations. That's awesome. It's 
about time. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, what, what was it? Ten years you guys were together? I think he's using me for my food. Wow. No. <laughs> uh, one of the coolest things uh, now with you being uh, SCW High Voltage Champion, and I don't want to say it was 100% my idea, um, but I do know, like, talking with Hunter and everything about about who the next champion is going to be after me hooks. You know, we, we know we wanted to do a heel and I know I threw your name out there and I know we talked about it and everything. And the, I think the biggest reason I wanted you to be champion is because you are such a douchebag in the ring that it would, everyone would hate it so much. Yeah. Um, Talk to me a little bit about your character. Talk to me. I mean, obviously, being a lawyer is a no-brainer because that's who you are in real life. Uh, to create that character is simple. Uh, the way I mentioned lawyers earlier as far as, like, suits, stuff like that, um, I think that portrays perfectly the kind of lawyer gimmick you are is that 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 guy that just really gets on everybody's nerves who – when you're in the ring and you're above everyone anyways, you acknowledge you want people to acknowledge the fact that you are above them, not just in the ring, but like it's almost a podium for you. Yeah. Uh, tell me tell me about how you decide and you're using your real name too. Yeah, pretty pretty much because Warren actually is my my first name. The the third got thrown on there. Some somebody suggested that that I that I do that. I, I had a few different ideas coming in. I because I've always been a huge fan of of Undertaker. I was like, man, I'd love to do something like supernatural, but it's like, yeah, I, I don't know how well that that could work on a on a budget. Uh, I thought mm -hmm. about maybe doing something based on on Alaska because I, I had lived up there for for a few years, but it's like, well, that would be maybe a little hard to develop. And how well is that really going to fly here in, in Illinois? And of I course, the the attorney thing from day one was there, and it's like, okay, I, of course, I I got to do that because because I am an, an attorney. Mm -hmm. I, I've told a few people this, and and Tara knows it, like. 90% of what I do is just based on my uncle, who's also an attorney. Uh, if, if anything, it's probably toned down from, from how he can be. Uh, we, we don't, we don't get along at all. I worked for him for about nine months, uh, right when I graduated law school and we don't even speak anymore. Uh, it's, it, it's that bad. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he just, he just embodies a lot of those things that you, you, imagine with lawyers the the worst of it and it's just very easy to to channel that yeah and do i and i love the fact that uh first off you you got your inspiration from somebody so it's not like you know you just like winged it like you you know what you wanted to do you know you saw what you did and just developed that into a character but you didn't you, you didn't make it goofy you know, because yeah. I mean, somebody could have been like, "Oh, I could be like a Southern lawyer. I could be Pacino for my cousin Vinny." Or uh, that's another lawyer one I know. So we add that to the list of um, <laughs> the lawyer, my lawyer knowledge, or um, the the lawyer who is opposite of him, my cousin Vinny, the Southern guy who sounds like Colonel Sanders and shit. Um, no, you went with a a city lawyer. You know, you you're from the seventieth something floor of the Sears Tower, and um. Which I think really goes over well down here in the country towns that the shows are in, or you know, like they're country esque, uh, because there's that entitlement coming down from the city, right, to tell us how wrong we are, right, right, exactly. 
And I, I love that about it. And like I said, I mean, it was one of the selling points of most in the, you know, deciding the next champion. It's like, dude is a great fucking heel. Probably the biggest heel that we have in SCW. And the whole plan was, <clears throat> this is a little inside baseball for people out there. And this is, this is how much, you know, Hunter, you know, respects you. And so do I, is that this title was supposed to bounce around every couple months. And yeah. we're sticking it out because you're worth it because you're so good at it. And when uh, when uh, Hunter was telling me like, oh, we're gonna do a battle royal at the uh, at Seam Hollow, I was like, awesome, make it for the Genesis title. And then uh, Cody came up with the finish uh, that was his idea, and I was like, that's the perfect idea, like the absolute perfect finish to it. Because what better way to make a heel hated, but then to add more heat onto them. And, and it, it worked perfectly. I, I don't think anybody uh, saw that coming. No, dude, it, it's it's wonderful because the thing is, you make it work. That's that's the best part about it. Tara, I don't have you uh, have you seen him wrestle? I have. And what do you think? Isn't it fun? <laughs> it's fun. I'll I'll every once in a while I'll be like ooh ow like ooh I can't I don't want to see him, <laughs> but I, I get over it. And like I said, I'm his number one fan, so I'm there to support him. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah, because I, I don't know if I've ever had a chance to meet you at one of the wrestling shows or not, which, uh, I mean, I don't blame you. I know who I am. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask Joe if he had anything to say, but uh, he had uh, he ended up going. He had bad quality air, or not air quality, uh, technical difficulties. Who gives a shit? Like lost in the jungle somewhere. Yeah, he's uh, he's living his life somewhere else. Who cares? Uh, he's fine. Road tripping down the world. Um. When you won the title, um, you knew, right? He didn't. He didn't leave that up to a surprise. You knew you were winning, correct? Yeah, Hunter actually took me aside. It was like six weeks before that match, and says, "Don't tell anybody, but you're you're gonna take the title off of Meat Hooks." I was like, "Oh mm -hmm. shit!" I was just like, "Thanks." I mean, I I was just really surprised, and I, I mean, it it was it was hard not telling anybody for that long because because then, then what about a week and a half before he told everybody else about the match and then everybody's like oh yeah meat hook's gonna ki kick your your ass you know it'd be it'd be great if you won the won the title oh yeah it'd be it'd be really cool wouldn't it and i, I was joking with with tommy the the ref i was like yeah tommy do it do a fast count and i'll 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 win the belt and then it was it was only the day of it was before uh, uh creed had me uh take a picture with the belt and then everybody's like oh shit this is really happening <laughs> yeah i do i and i i was so happy when you wanted to and it's a it's a lot of fun to get involved in things like that, you know. When when Hunter asked me if I you know, if I could help him book stuff and everything, like in my mind, I was just like, I don't, like I don't know if I have time for it. Like that was my biggest thing. It's like I don't I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get this done or get this taken care of and everything. But you know why the hell not? You know I'm already there. You know once a month for the shows doing commentary. I I talk to Hunter like every other day about wrestling and you know how did the matches go at the at the shows, you know, what do you think about this guy? Stuff like that. And it is a lot of fun, especially now that um, we got high voltage on the main card. Again, my idea. Love that it went through. Uh, not a lot of ideas go through, but the ones that do, crushing it. Um, but, like, when we decided to put high voltage on the main on the main show, like, we're only supposed to do it, like, four times a year. But now we're doing it every other month. And not only that, it's happening on... 
uh, the August show at Steam Hollow. And a lot of that credit is due to you guys at the school. You, Apex, Johnny Chaos, uh, Creed and Hunter training you guys. Um, Sheik, who's still, you know, involved, uh, El Dorado, Vern, all those guys, Tony. Uh, it's you guys who make those things happen. So I, the opportunities that you guys have, you guys created for yourself. And I think that associates a lot with uh, the this journey that you went on is that you created this opportunity for yourself. You found a moment, and Tara's there too. I'm not gonna, you know, don't forget. I don't think I forgot about you. Is you guys found a moment to say we need to change what is happening, and you did that. And 140 something pounds later, you became a high voltage champion of Southland Championship Wrestling, and you're still changing things even as a wrestler. And I think that's a really cool thing. And um, for everyone who like watch, who you know watches the interviews, who reads the articles and everything, I, I don't want them to forget the fact that not only did you do this for yourself, but you're actually doing this for other people too. It's a huge motivation. And I get it. There's a lot of goofy-ass people out there asking Tara to cook for them, quit being lazy assholes. Um, <laughs> but it's also a credit. It also, I think, I think it, it, it shows the respect that they have for her as well. And I think I think between the two of you, you're going to start motivating a lot of people to start doing what you did for yourself. Yeah, and I'd hope we could do that. And that's the biggest reason why I've been so open about it and wanted to, to do that article and I've, I've done the podcast. I, I mean, I was so far gone in terms of my health and in 2020, you know, just it's, I know that article said, Oh, you know, I was really depressed. I think maybe I was a little misquoted on that, but it was just neglect, just, just not caring. I'm just going to take the easy way out and eat what's here and ignore going to the doctor and, and everything. But when that moment came of, okay, I can either continue down this path and just get heavier and heavier and end up on all these meds and I'll probably be dead by 50 or something like that. It, it was time to change and, and fight back. And I think anybody can, can do that if they put their mind, mind to it. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent, man. It's, and I, and I was never a big fan of people saying, uh, not not people saying that they're depressed themselves, but other people assuming that they're depressed. Yeah. Um, I, I I have family members who, for some reason, have this idea that you know I am depressed because I don't leave my house and I you know all this other shit. And I I, I I'm a firm believer that there is a difference between being depressed and feeling defeated. Um, and I think for me, like I'm not. <clears throat> I'm not depressed in any in any way. I, I'm other than my weight, other than my health, I'm I am the happiest I've ever been in my life. I have a great job. I believe in Jesus and uh I, I've had that faith my whole life and I love that. I have a great fam uh I have a great group of friends, I have an amazing family. My my life is great except for the 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 weight loss and the dieting and the stuff that I just for some reason can't crack the code on yet. Um, and to me, that that's more of a defeat than a depression. Um, and I think what it is, I think you're going to find people who 
who are depressed, who are going to find this motivational and encouraging for them to achieve. And the people who are defeated are going to find a way to figure it out. And again, that's the whole reason I wanted you both on here, because if Tara could do it for you, she probably has the ability to do it for a lot of other people. And uh, you made that very clear when people are asking you to cook for them. Uh, but you do say, and I'm talking to Tara now, uh, you you say you post your stuff up on social media. Where can people find that? Um, so right now I just have the Instagram uh, account, uh, Tara's underscore healthy underscore eats. Um, so I do put a lot of the recipes and, and how to cook uh, the things on there. Um, and that's the only vehicle I have right now. Uh, I haven't gone any further with that. I do want to start doing videos as well. Cause I think a lot of people just, you know, they read something, they're like, I don't know, this is just, I don't know what to do with this. So I think I want to start doing videos and I think people watching them, it, it may get them to be like, oh yeah, I can do this. Um, it's, it's really just taking out the carb stuff and, and, you know, putting veggies in its place. That's the main secret to all this. Get rid of all that stuff and you, you've got it made. It's a, a whole lifestyle change. Um, and that's how I think we succeeded. And it doesn't taste bad. <laughs> it really yeah. doesn't. Really great. Yeah. Oh, as long as like, it's not bland, get your seasonings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get Go pick up some tarragon. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I think that's wonderful. Uh, I do hope you get, uh, uh, you get into videos because I, I rabbit hole videos on TikTok. Yeah all the time there's a there's a couple dudes on tiktok who talk about how they lost 100 plus pounds in a year and stuff like that and i I sit there and i watch their videos and i find like the meals that they make and everything and i feel like oh cool this guy made shrimp tacos ah that that recipe ah that recipe oh shit this found this guy found a hack to get fast food that's low calorie uh so again those are my ways that i know i gotta find uh alternatives to eating right and i gotta go shopping i gotta cook and everything i follow you on instagram uh so i already got um uh you on there and everything and i'm gonna share that link to everyone else so they can find you as well and kind of see some of the meals that um that you prepare and you work with and everything and uh yeah you you said it perfectly it's just finding what foods are out there and just alternating it in any way to make it a little bit more healthier and lower carbs. I think it's fantastic. I'm a huge supporter of uh, low carbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like, uh, I feel like what you do is what I need to do. And it goes all back to what I said. I think me and Chris had the same past. He's just probably about four or five years ahead of me. So both in age and in his journey, uh, because you're old and I'm so young. So, uh, I can't take that away from me there, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but uh dude I, i'm happy for you i am and, and i'm so glad you agreed to do this um i know when i told hunters like yeah i'm gonna have chris on the show like, yeah dude he's getting around everywhere and i'm like don't don't take this away from me <laughs> damn it <laughs> god don't make me don't make me another person jesus um <laughs> you have a show coming up july 22nd <clears throat> uh we don't know who you're facing yet because i haven't booked it yet uh it's gonna be epic though it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great fucking match. I, I know there's there's a lot of poten- potential opponents out there. It, it will be good. Yeah. Well, the, one of the coolest things too, and again, like the the whole the whole SCW school, the high voltage stuff is like because you guys are you guys are running both the high voltage matches and the main card matches. 
and that that shows a lot of trust in people saying like, hey, you know, let's let's get Chris, you know, his high voltage match, but let's also get him in a tag team. With oh, real quick, punitive damages. How how much fun are you having with that? That's that's amazing. You know that that was something I had thought about too uh, with, with the character. I was like, you know, how cool would it be? to you know not just do this character but if we could do like an evil law firm type thing and i mean what, what's really been awesome is it, it was right when i started wrestling that's when eric schultz came into scw so it's like awesome we got we got another lawyer we could totally do this now i i met uh i think i met eric right around the time you were like maybe in training i think it was a few months before he showed up at scw and he was a lawyer gimmick and i loved it you know the suspenders the the arrogance all that shit i'm like this dude i love this dude and great in uh ring work and all that stuff and when uh when i found out that he was coming to scw and i found out what your character was going to be and i'm like i don't know if they're going to be put together but i hope they do and then hunter said that he uh that he said you guys are gonna go together and then you started out with the Sheik and VIP and everything, uh, you know, a good heel faction. Uh, VIP is not in there anymore. He's going to go do his own thing, but you still got the Sheik. You get that veteran uh, experience in there. Um, but I love I love that you guys are together, and I love that you are a faction in SCW. Uh, I still tell Hunter every chance I get that you guys need a heater, and uh, uh, that's a uh, that's a, that's a muscle guy for anyone who doesn't know wrestling. Uh, you, you need a diesel. You need a Sid. <laughs> um, I think that'd be solid. I don't know if it'll ever happen or not, but uh, you are currently the SCW High Voltage Champion, which means you are my champion, and I couldn't be happier than, uh, you know, I couldn't be happier with that. Um, dude, I don't. I, I really don't know how to end this just because I think I said how happy I am for you over a dozen fucking times. Uh, but um, tell everyone where they could find Warren C. Freiburg the Third Esquire on Facebook. Yeah, uh, so that's the the page Warren W A R R E N C Freiburg F R E I B E R G the Third Esquire. Uh, that's my my public fan page. Anybody can can like that, follow that. I, I post the promos, the ma- the matches, just try and post some some funny memes and stuff at least a, a couple times a week it's a it's a decent page I've, I've found a little bit of growth just from from random people out there so so they do seem to to be enjoying it at this point perfect you wanna you want to do a wrestling promo real quick what you care if I put you on the spot I mean what, 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 what are we what, what are we doing the, the the title match coming up here July, July 22nd yeah, yeah. Give give me a promo. I want I want I want a Warren Freiburg promo from the High Voltage Champion talking about his next title defense, but not knowing who his opponent is yet. Travis, there is no need for me to defend my title July twenty second in Chabance. I have already proven myself. I have beaten Meat Hooks. He's been in that business for for twenty years, and I still put him down in the middle of the ring. One, two, three. Everybody saw it. Then I was forced to defend my title in this ridiculous battle royal against twenty people. Beat a 
bunch of accomplished champions like James Creed, JPH, o- Odinson. There is no reason for me to defend this title any further. I could just sit back until maybe, maybe one day the SCW Wrestling School produces somebody who's a worthy challenger. So, but if I if I have to, if I really have to, okay, fine. We we can do this. You could you can put somebody out there against me against my legal brilliance. But in the end, I will take them out with the closing argument, and I will still be your SCW high voltage champion. I rest my case. How was that? God, Tara, if you aren't if you aren't hot and bothered by that, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how he does that. <laughs> you know, it, it, it was funny. Um, the so it was last summer. The the first day, because because we do promos at, at practice every, every now and then, but not that often. Yeah. And it yeah. was it was. I think Jordan was here, and Jordan goes out there and 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 he does an awesome promo as always. And there's a couple other guys who don't train anymore with us went out there and were were terrible. And Hunter was like, "All right, go and do the promo." And I just you know, I needed a couple minutes to think about it. Went out there, and he's like, "Uh, yeah, that was that was, that was pretty much perfect." Yeah, dude, man, it God, just you you have everything you need to be a great heel, and you're showing that, man. And the fact that you could walk out to SCW, and it takes you like five minutes just to say a word because the <laughs> booing is so aggressive, like Tara. How do you feel watching your fiance get booed mercilessly? Mercilessly. Oh my god. Poorly. <laughs> Poorly speaking here. Uh how how does it feel seeing your fiance get booed so badly at SCW? I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I do really too when I'm out in the audience. <laughs> I mean I mean looking at him, talking to him, he's a he's a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. But but Everybody in Shabans and Mantino, nobody wants to hear this dude talk. Yeah. I'm like, just let him talk. Jesus Christ. Like, I'm ready to like smack them all. Come on, just let him talk. But yeah, I, I get it. It's I think crazy. I think my I think my favorite one was I it might have been your first shot or second shot at Steam Hollow, where the booze were so bad, Steve had to tell everyone, let's hear what he has to say. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think that was a chibance actually, but was yeah, it chibance? It, it okay, got, it got it got that bad that eventually he did have to step in. Yeah, it was, dude. It's it's fantastic. I and I know this is only the beginning for you. I'm happy for you, and I do appreciate you taking the time out this morning to talk with me. Um, I know doing Saturday mornings aren't easy for everybody, but I appreciate you being here. And Tara, I'm glad that you you're a part of this too. Thank you, I appreciate it. Right. It was painless, right? Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Ah, thanks. Good enough is what I strive for, Tara. (laughs) Good enough. (laughs) Good enough. Um, But I do appreciate you guys coming on, uh, and I'm going to post you guys both your social medias. Uh, I'm going to release the show tomorrow morning, so anyone who didn't get a chance to be here on the live can go back and listen to it, but it will be released tomorrow morning. Um, And I'll post you guys' socials. as well, Tara, if you ever do uh, start doing the video part of it, uh, let me know and I'll share that too. Because, like I said, uh, Chris, uh, you know, he he busts his ass to achieve his goals, but there was always somebody behind him to get him through it. And I want that person to be acknowledged as well. So, uh, absolutely. So, if you ever decide to do the uh, video stuff, let me know. I'll share it. Uh, I have like nine different social medias because I don't know why. 
so and I can post it across all of it. So I do appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, Chris, thank you for sharing your journey with me. Um, I feel like we bonded, and and now now I can say that we're friends. Now we're yeah. Good. I, I thought we were friends before. Ah, well, I didn't. I didn't want. I didn't want to put you in a situation where you couldn't get out of. So uh, <laughs> you know, I I wanted to leave that door open for you if you wanted to leave. No, no, no. I, I, I like that reference. Oh, my God. God, I love you people. You guys are so wonderful. Uh, you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Again, thank you for coming on here, talking with me, and uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Thanks, Travis. Take care. All right, guys. Uh, so uh, I love talking with Chris uh, and Tara. They're both wonderful people. Uh Chris's journey definitely inspired me to uh, do better. Um, and I'm capable of doing it. Like I said, a lot of people sit there and think that age is a, is a reason they're not losing weight. Uh, motivation is a huge part of that. And uh, even though I'm not with somebody, I just got to find a way to motivate myself. And uh, I do have support of my friends and my family. We all out there, you know, we may struggle with weight loss and we may not be able to think that we can overcome it on our own, but, it is possible, and you don't have to have a wife or a girlfriend in your lives to make that something. You just got to find a reason, and that could be a friend. That could be family. That could be God, however you guys want to look at it. Just find your reason to do better and to be better, and uh, I think uh, I think if we all come together, we can achieve it together. So I'd have um, uh, you know, social media. You guys can reach out if you're looking for motivation. I'm I want it. If you guys want it, I'm here for that as well. So um, thanks again to Chris and Tara for coming on the show and talking with me about his journey and about her uh, her support for him and her you know learning about food for him is so incredible. I'm going to go do some shopping myself and pray to God I don't come home with a pie. So, guys, make sure you follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, just by searching this freaking show. Uh, make sure you go to FreakNet Studios on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, so you know when those videos are coming out, because me and Cartoon Joe are going to be doing more videos. Sorry, Joe couldn't be really a part of this show. He tried his best to, but unfortunately, the quality of the uh, technology or the location he was at wasn't the best. So... Uh, he'll be back with me next week when we uh, record our next show. Uh, and, of course, you can find other shows, including this one, on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean just by searching this freaking show. Make sure you hit the notification bell wherever you do listen to your podcast. And if available, make sure you give us a five-star rating and a review. We do appreciate it. Guys, that's all I got. So, as always, I am Travesty. And thank you for listening to another episode of this freaking show. I'm out.